On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win against the Orlando Magic. Luka Doncic drops 44 points. But most importantly, the Mavericks were able to close out a fourth quarter. We're talking about how they're able to do that and the problems they may be solving. Coming up on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked on Mavs. I believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for bringing Locked On Maps your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below let us know what's the key for the mavericks to close fourth quarters let us know as we let it ride today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online is to cover the season more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and joining me as always my co-host writer and contributor at mavs Com. The Marvel Maverick, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Hulk Hands Isaac? Hulk, smash. <laughs> How pissed would people be if I just did the whole pod with this mask on? <laughs> the audio listeners are so confused. Uh, we we dressed up for Halloween. Uh, Isaac has the Hulk mask on, the Hulk hands. And yeah, you could hear, you could hear, <laughs> you could hear uh, Isaac behind the mask. He's the man behind the mask. I've got Captain America on. And I have the... The Thor hammer, I guess. So I'm, I guess I'm end game cap is what I am today. Um, and the Mavericks in their end game finally come out with a win in the fourth quarter. So we'll be breaking that down today. Talking about Luka Doncic going off for 44. Another crazy Luka, Luka Doncic game as Isaac adjusts his wardrobe situation. Uh, Luka is so good. 44 points on 70% true shooting, which is just an incredible feat. 17 of 26 from the field. He had eight of his 14 free throws. If he had hit more of his free throws, he probably would have easily had 50 points, right? I was waiting for that. <laughs> if he hit his free throws, I mean, he would have had a 50. Hit but... your free throws. You'd have a 50 burger. <laughs> um, you know, he was even asked after the game about uh, the load that he has right now. And, you know, I think this is one of the, uh, the storylines for the Mavericks so far at the beginning of this young season, you know, five games through is is this sustainable is this this offensive load that he's carrying right now is this sustainable but it's also and we've talked about it on the spot especially after the pelicans game especially after the game uh the other day is the friday night game it's like it's also what defenses are choosing to do right now yes like this is you know going into the season i mean luca is i mean we know how good luca is but it's like <laughs> isaac just resting his chin on the hulk hands right now is but giving me life teams have to we've this is a a broken record here teams have to choose with luca and the maps you either try to take luca out and dare the other guys to beat you or you take the other guys out and say luca you can score your 35 to 40 a game and right now that's what the other teams are doing like they're saying hey go luca we don't care score your buckets 
And that's what Jamal Mosley is doing tonight, not bringing a double in the post. That's what he, you know, uh, wow. Willie Green was doing through Orleans against Najee Marshall, not bringing a double. Because they're saying, we don't want to get the other shooters going. We don't want them to feel comfortable. So, Luca, get your 35. So, so far, look at his scoring number so far. Look at his MVP number so far. And it's like, man, he's leading the MVP right now, if you want to make that case. But could could it come at the cost of you know at the cost of wins later on? Like so, right now they won the game tonight. But it's definitely something I'm watching. Is how many of these teams are going to take this approach by saying, Luca, you can have your 35. The other thing about what Luca's doing right now is that yeah, he can get that 35. He's shooting 22 percent from three, taking almost nine a game. He still has yeah. not hit his three ball yet really well. He's shooting 78 percent from the free throw line, so that's that's a little bit better. But shooting as low as he is from from three is kind of wild. Like you have to go, you have to go down to Kyrie for a a top, you know, a, a player scoring thirty points that's shooting below thirty percent from three. Like it's just not. It's mm. it's Kyrie, it's LeBron, it's Luca, uh, Anthony Davis, and then now you're in like the twenty four point per game range. Like there's just not many. Like, like this doesn't happen. That's how wild it is that Luca is not hitting the three ball. It's not all step back jacks. It's not all step back threes here and there. He's taking what the <laughs> taking what the defense has given you, and he's like, I could do this all day. And he does. He yeah. is he is doing it all day. He's hitting the mid-range shots. He's getting in the post. The shots that I think that he he tried to add a little bit last year, I felt, are the ones where he just gets a, a player to twist and turn, where he just pivots, 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 and then he leans in and he's like, he's like, I can lean all the way to the basket and I can get this layup or I can get this other shot as this other play, as this player is like leaning the wrong way because I got them on this pivot. He's doing that instead of like once or twice a week. He's doing it like three or four times a game now, and I think that's really yeah. something that he's added to his game or expanded in his game. It's something we've seen before, but at, expanded to his game that has made him a lot better. Well, he's just, he's got to get into the paint. You know, that that one game he attempted 13 threes, and we're like, all right, you got to drive a little bit more. And he's been shooting his free throws really well. You know, tonight he missed, what, six of them, uh, 8 of 14 from the free throw line tonight. But he took nine threes. But, I mean, he took 26 shots again. I mean, he's getting his shots up. But it feels like no matter who's guarding him, I mean, he bodied Bull Bull tonight, which I know he weighs like 142 <laughs> pounds wet. But – I mean, it does. It didn't matter. I mean, Paolo was trying to guard him a few times. It he can get to the rim against anybody. The question though becomes: Is this sustainable? Is it like the Mavericks having? Like I saw some people uh, and some Mavs fans, and you you listening at home maybe thinking this too. We need Luca to score forty four points in order to beat the Orlando Magic, like a team that was winless up until a couple days ago. Like, is that like is that sustainable that they need? Him to go off on this kind of effort, shooting that well from the field, getting that many free throws, scoring 44 points to just beat the magic. I mean, he says, you know, he he was asked about a post game and Lucas said, hey, like, I don't feel like I have to score 30, but that's just what the defense was giving me tonight. They weren't bringing the double. And, you know, he's saying and along with a lot of other people, it's like, hey, well, you know, at some point we're going to play a team that's going to. Do something different. They're going to try to double and say, hey, the other guys beat yeah. beat us. But so far, that's been the game plan for a lot of teams. And I wonder if that's going to be the game plan for a lot of teams this season against them saying, all right, stay home on the shooters. Just watch, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, some of these first few games, how how his defenders not helping off as much. You know, Reggie Bullock a little bit. He had some shots, you know, earlier in this game. Reggie did. But they're just staying home just a, like just one step more a little bit. 
um, it feels like this season so far. I mean, it's just five games in, but still, it's something I'm noticing. And that's all the space Luca needs. Like, if somebody else comes over and helps, he's he's chucking it over, right? It's not like Luca is. It, it, like, let's be clear on this. He's not being a ball hawk. He's taking what the defense no. is giving, right? And it, it's it, he's he's really giving it back. He's really giving it back to him so far at the beginning of the season. Still leading the NBA in scoring, thirty six point seven points a game through six games. Now for for Luka Doncic, just an incredible incredible number. And the, the only the only way I would criticize it is. If he gets over the 10 threes a game and he's starting to settle, he's getting because that's what happened yeah. a little bit against the Pelicans where you know the the bigs got switched off on him and it's like, "Ooh, mismatch, clear out. Let me take a sidestep step back three. And it's like that's the only way it can get ball hoggish because even <laughs> if they even if somebody what? He's getting ball hoggish. Ball hogging. <laughs> like just a little ball hugging. But <laughs> because that, that's the thing to where even if somebody's, even if they're not bringing the double, Luca can still get into the paint and draw. Like they're gonna naturally gonna help off to prevent a layup if he can get to the paint. So he can still do that. That's it's just the step back threes off the switches with bigs. That that's the only time I'm like, uh, okay, it goes in. That's awesome. But because you still got to try to get the other guys involved, it's that balance of keep them in rhythm, keep them confident. Did you say it has to be balanced? Like all things should be. Oh, my gosh. Do an ad read. <laughs> Do the snap. Coming up, let's get into how the Mavericks won this game because they did close a fourth quarter. They've had leads in every single fourth quarter this season so far. They've lost three of those games. They found a way to win this one. How? How, Sway? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines inside and outside of sports. Let's check out the, the lines tomorrow. All right. The Brooklyn Nets are playing at home against the Indiana Pacers on Monday night, Halloween. Isaac, mm. what's the spread? Um, let's Nets, say Nets. Uh, Nets favored by six and a half. Eight and a half. That, that one surprised me. I don't know if I'm favoring the Nets by eight and a half points, but I bet. Didn't the, they just lose to the Pacers? But I bet the, the I bet the money. Around. Yeah, they did actually. So they're, they're hoping for a revenge game, I guess. Um. The Bucks at home against the Pistons on Halloween. Ooh, I like the Pistons. Uh, I'm gonna say nine and a half. I was gonna say, <laughs> Bet Online does not like the Pistons. Thirteen. Bucks oh. favored by thirteen, so you can get those odds and more. Go check it out. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Hulk Isaac Harris. Let's get into the Dallas Mavericks. Win against the Orlando Magic. This is how they came down to win. Mavericks went 114 to 105. And this was a game where you just felt like, okay, just 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 win. <laughs> you know, like just, just go on a run, find a run, find something that works, and just keep going on it. Because the Magic had the lead for essentially the entire first half. They built up to an eleven point lead towards the middle of the second quarter. And then the Mavericks were able to go on a run late in the second quarter when Luca came back in and uh, to, and and make, it was tied at halftime. And then the third quarter came, and you're like, here go third quarter Mavs again. They were just waffling back and forth, waffling back and forth. And then that fourth quarter lineup that we've seen really great success from so far in the last couple of games with with Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green, Maxie, and, and Christian Wood, that lineup came in, gave them the lead, and then the Mavericks just held that lead. Not incredibly tightly, but they held it enough till the end of the game. Yeah, and you know, I want to credit it it's weird because Denwitty didn't have 
you know, the best overall game when it when it comes to um you know, shooting stuff. He was 0 for 4 three-pointer. But once again, it was in that second half that he got, he became aggressive. It's yes. like they need, they have to have Dinwiddie getting to the bucket because it, it's like you start looking across. I'm sure we'll talk about Christian Wood in a little bit, but you know, Tim Hardaway is huge in this game off the bench, yeah. but it's, th- they got to have some sort of offense outside of Luca. And that's what Jason Kidd was talking about the other night. And who's it going to be? Is it going to be Tim? Is it going to be Dinwiddie? Is it going to be Christian Wood? It, it could alternate some nights, but it's when Dinwiddie is putting his head down and getting to the basket, it feels like he can do that all the time. That's the best version of him. When he's just, just trying to set people up, that's when I get worried about him on the floor. You could tell out of halftime that Jason Kidd looked at this team and said, listen, 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 everyone, l- l- you, listen, Hardy, Hardy, stop dancing around. Listen to me. <laughs> Luca can't take... 36 shots in this game. He's at 18 at halftime right now. Luca cannot just take this many shots. Plus, he's already gone to the free throw line eight times, right? Like he, yeah. is, he has an incredible load on him right now on the on the offensive end. Dinwiddie, Spencer, Spencer, put down the Bitcoin. Put the Bitcoin down, Spencer. Go to the basket. Go to the basket. And like he and he did. You could just tell he came out aggressive. He scored a couple of buckets early in the third quarter. He came out and he was just like he was just going for it. And that's what they need. They just need him to, to take over in moments. It's what we've been talking about the last couple of games is that like they need someone else to step up, and it has to be Dinwiddie right now because his <laughs> – because I, I just chucked his Hulk hands. Sorry, uh, I can't. Because Dinwiddie's the one that can get his offense like the, the simplest path to it, right? You don't have to run yeah. stuff for him. You don't have to try and throw an entry pass like the Mavericks apparently can't throw for, for Christian Wood. Like You don't need to do that stuff. Dinwiddie can just take the ball – from the outlet and then just and go for it. And I thought he came out aggressive and I thought that was it was good. It set a tone and uh the Mavericks didn't end up getting that, you know, that real big run until the fourth quarter, but Dinwiddie was part of that and you could tell that that early on had had like fueled that run. Yeah. I also want to push back on something real quick and I didn't say this on Twitter cuz somebody would be like, "Oh, anti-Christian Wood." It's not just entry passes. It's also where he tries to get position. And you know, that Where was a Christian little bit Wood of a, tries to get position. Yes. And because I tweeted about him, like I'm getting KP flashbacks about, you know, him getting the ball like out by the, uh, you know, out by the three point line or far away from the basket. And it's like, hold your ground. Like he's a little skinnier, not as much as Porzingis, but get your position, pin your guy down. And then they try to get the, get the ball to you instead of something. I'm t- I know he can handle the ball better than KP for sure. Yep. But Christian Wood catching the ball, it feels like ninety percent of the time, out you know on a three point line in the corner, like either, corner threes are like like we're just gonna drive from there. That's yeah, tough. And it's like it's either Christian Wood step back, which he's been shooting, you know he shoots he's the ball well, well, or he's like trying to put the ball down the floor, which he's not bad at, but that's just not ideal. Get your six ten, six eleven guy on the like in the at least mid post or at least the elbow. And then say go to work instead of so far away. And you've seen in these last couple of games with Christian Wood that put the ball on the ground doesn't work against teams like the Thunder or the Magic, who all of their players are like six 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 eight. Nobody that started tonight in this game was was shorter than six six, and they're all like that, and they all can move right because they they've all been drafting these guys the last couple yeah. like two or three years, and they're all these prototypical athlete type players that are the best at, that, at what they do athletically. And so you can't just take advantage of some of your mismatches the way Christian Wood has has done with against some of the other teams we've seen this year. 
uh, in these last two games. And so they, they need to find different ways to, to get to him. He also has to find different ways to get open. That's still a relationship they're still trying to figure out, I think, at this point. But Is that safe to say? It, that that is the safest thing that i think i will say on this podcast uh i'm i'm in my captain america garb so i'm, I'm hedging a little bit here <laughs> it's a relationship they're still trying to figure out that's a great way that's a great line no one can disagree with that disagree with that in the comment section let me know if you disagree <laughs> but okay so the mavericks get that they go on that run dinwiddie tim hardaway jr and um and maxi and christian wood paolo gets his fifth foul like early in the quarter, Christian Wood then like like actually scores on a good take. I thought against Franz Wagner, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. hits a no 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 yes three in transition. Mm. That was just a perfect Tim Hardaway Jr. three, and uh, and then all of a sudden it's a ten minute mark and the Mavericks are up by twelve. It was just a really really good run by that squad. What what are we seeing from that group? Because the last couple of games it seems like kids found something with that group. Well, you're basically taking your three best offensive players outside of Luka and saying, all right, you got to be on the floor. So right, we'll, we'll throw Maxi out there for some defense and maybe some spacing. And we'll throw Josh Green for just like hustle and chaos and everything. Yes. And and then you cross your eyes and say, hey, can one of you get hot? Like, <laughs> cross your eyes. Close your eyes. That's the, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> um, and, and tonight it was What 10. are they, in like a dating game? Can one of you just get hot? Like. Can one of you please get hot? Central casting Love is here. We're trying to we're trying to cast this role. Love is blind is in Dallas. <laughs> is it? It's, pre- it's a pretty good season so far. So let us know if you're auditioning for that. I want to know who those people are. <laughs> if you're connected to anybody on the show, let us know. We might get somebody. Out. Can we um, interview the Love is Blind guy? <laughs> um, <laughs> it felt it feels like that's what they did when they traded for Christian Wood. Yo, but so. <laughs> Dinwiddie, Tim, Christian Wood, three offensive guys. Yeah. I made the joke of Gimli and Legolas of when Tim and Christian Wood come into the game. It's like they're just going to count how many shots they're going to get up. Spencer Dinwiddie is 100% Aragorn in that relationship, too, where he's just like, <laughs> yeah. guys, guys, we have to keep running. <laughs> we have to keep running for three days because we have to find these hobbits. And they're like, we don't care. Like, we're just- but, but, you know, Tim, I, I was happy for Tim. You know, he was Great interviewed. Uh, he was interviewed by Skin post game on Bally and. You know, he he said something. He kind of he kind of addressed Mavs fans, and he said, "Hey, you know, I hope uh, Mavs Nation or I forgot what he called you know Mavs fans." He's like, "I hope they just understand like this is just my sixth game at you know playing since January." Like he said, "I'm feeling good, but I'm just getting my legs back. I'm getting back in the groove and all of that." And uh, I thought that was cool. Like he you know he knows that people hold him to a high standard, and he wants to play at that. And he's playing well. I mean, he had 21 tonight. He was a plus nine. He was the guy off the bench and. That's why, you know, I caught some slack for it a little bit before the season, but I was like, when I was saying the whole, you know, Tim or Christian Wood off the bench, you know, they just need one of those guys. Like, they just need one to go. And some people were like, oh, my gosh, you're putting him on the same level as Christian Wood on the same level yeah, as Tim. I think, I think your thing was that he would average more shots per game than, than Christian Wood. Yeah, and, and I was saying Maxi total minutes versus, you know, versus Christian Wood total yeah. minutes, and that's that's been a battle so far this season. Maxi had a little bit more. Uh, this game, but they just need one of those guys on a given night. Yes. Say, can one of you, one of you get, give us a really good game. And tonight was Tim. Some night, some nights it's going to be Dinwiddie gives him 25. Some nights Christian Wood's going to put up 32 in a game. We're all going to freak out and all this. It's like that. They just need one of those dudes in that, that other unit. They need one of those guys to go off. And one of them did. It's Tim Hardaway Jr. Let's give him some more credit and talk about how he was able to go off for 21 points, including 
Something we haven't seen from Tim a lot, but we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, uh, <laughs> a break. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> All right, Isaac. I had no, I just, I rolled right into that ad break thinking I had another one. Let's talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. 21 points off the bench, three assists. And the thing that we haven't seen from him a lot, we've seen threes. He went three of nine from three. Fine. Eight of eight from the free throw line. Tim Hardaway Jr. getting to the free throw line is something that we haven't seen a lot. And he got it from a couple times uh, getting fouled. The, the flagrant foul from, uh, was it was it Paolo that you know landed, oh, yeah. landed in his landing space? He got three free throws off of that. I think he got fouled on another three-point shot where he got three free throws off of that as well. And you're uh, like... That's just something that they they desperately need. Christian Wood has given them some free throws off the bench, and now Tim Hardaway was able to. And they're trusting him in the, in the final closing lineup. You know, this is yeah. one of the big things that I'm watching right now, along with a lot of other people, is who's closing these games. You know, another clutch game for Dallas tonight. And, you know, Christian Wood came out of the game, and I was ready for it. I was like, here Oof. we go. Like, you know, Matt Maxey came in for him. But it wasn't just that. You know, Tim Hardaway closed the game, too, and – I feel like you know Jason Kidd's finding what what a what a weird plot twist of hey Tim Hardaway and Dwight Powell who who would have thought that the, these two guys over the past we two games have these answers been, on the on the roster at the beginning of the season the beginning of last season what about the one before that yes um, but you know Tim and Maxie being in this closing lineup I feel like they found something you know Maxie was a plus seventeen uh, tonight and they just they know their roles they know what they're going to bring and it worked tonight you know. We all saw some comments. Maybe we'll talk more about those comments on tomorrow's pod and, and all that since there's no game. But those comments over the weekend, Nick wrote solo. So make sure you listen to that if you haven't listened to that. Wait, after I, that d- I dug deep into Jason Kidd's comments. <laughs> I was sitting right there uh, I, watching him. We, we made I definitely contact. have some uh, some thoughts on those comments, which were uh, <laughs> eye-opening to say the least. But uh, it feels like that's the lineup that they like in the closing unit with Maxi out there as the as the big. Yeah, and it just seemed like in this game they, they decided to go with that closing lineup because Tim was hot and because Maxi was able to to guard some of and switch onto the Palos, the Wendell Carter Juniors, the even the Bull Bulls, like they were were scoring against the, the Mavericks and like they didn't have a ton of success over like individually, but they each of them could could score on them, and I thought. We saw a couple times where Christian Wood just couldn't stay with him or didn't know where to be or missed a rotation. And there was one play where either Kid called a double team and on uh, on Palo yeah, no and and Luca and, and 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 Christian Wood were over there on a double. And then Christian Wood's guy was wide open for three. It was very strange. So I don't know if that was Jason Kidd telling him to go yeah. back or going to double. It was like, Kevon Harris hits the three, which who Christian Wood was on, and then Christian Wood's like. Why did we just do that? Like, so I don't know if that that play individually was on Christian Wood, but it's but, a relationship. They're tr- <laughs> they're still trying to figure it out. But you saw the, you saw what was more effective in this game, and I, I thought Kid made the right choice with that lineup at the end. There, you just go with your hot hands, and uh, I think overall you don't feel great about some of their answers <laughs> on the roster in general. But in this specific game, they went with the right one. And I thought they were able to hold their lead and, and hold their lead because they kept scoring. They just didn't play prevent offense, which they've been doing yeah. the last couple of games when especially against the Suns and the and the um what was the other game? Uh like they they were just playing this prevent offense where they're like, all right, let's just hold the ball and, and ten seconds to run off the clock and we'll start at the fourteen second mark or the ten second mark, we'll start our action. Like you just can't do that in the NBA now. There's too many good players. Paolo's just gonna keep yep. scoring. Bull Bull's gonna hit a couple weird things. Like there's just gonna be somebody like like uh 
who's it? Isaiah Joe's going to hit three threes. Like something weird's going to happen oh if you play this prevent offense, where all of a sudden Damian your lead, Lee. your lead goes. Yeah, Damian Lee goes from from sixteen down to ten, down to five, and then all of a sudden the other team has this new life in them, where they feel like they can actually come back. And I felt like they didn't play prevent offense in this one. They really were. All right, let's keep pushing. Let's keep driving. And the ball movement I thought was really good late. There was a couple of really good times when Luca was getting doubled, and this is when you finally saw. The difference between the beginning of the game, Luca, and the end of the game, Luca, where Luca was getting doubled late, and he would just find the right pass, you know, behind the back pass to, to Bullock or whoever, and then the rest of those Mavericks would kick it around. Like Luca didn't have all the assists late in the games. It was Dorian kicking it over. It was Tim Hardaway Jr. with a, a wide open pass to, to Maxi on a cross court. It was uh, who's another one. Uh, Dorian, Dorian got a cross court pass for a three. Like there's yeah. like all the guys I felt like were contributing late because Luca was getting doubled, and that's when they changed it up. Yeah, and I feel like that's you know that's the opposing team's game plan is like, hey, we're not going to double Luca all game. Hopefully, your role players can't get in a rhythm to where yeah. you know at the end of the game we bring a double on Luca, and these guys haven't shot. You know, we what were we doing in the playoffs? We're like, hey, can we get like nine threes, ten threes a game from like Reggie or Dorian, and yeah. both you know both of them. And you know Reggie shot five. You know Reggie shot three tonight. Dorian shot five. Like they're not shooting a ton of threes right now. So you know tonight they hit it. Dorian hit the three tonight. So can I issue a um, I was wrong statement? Oh, I would love nothing more than for you to do right. that. So uh, I tweeted this out tonight, but I want to do it in audio. You're, fi- you're officially like jumping off this right now. I am. Yeah. Wow. In the offseason, I was really excited about the JaVel McGee edition in the 12 to 16 minute role for Dwight Powell as, hey, he's going to be an upgrade. All right. An upgrade in the sense of he can run a pick and roll with Luka and he's going to be able to like protect the paint a little bit, give him a little bit of energy and rebound the basketball because it's like, all right, can we just upgrade Dwight just a little bit? And I thought he was going to do that. It was a good price, which still isn't a horrible price. And he's just not that. Like, I'm getting like DeAndre Jordan vibes, and five I'm, games in, I'm 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 scared. It's like you, they put Dwight Powell in, and what a difference! Like this, I mean Dwight, he can't rebound like Javale. He's not as big as Javale, but the dude hustles his butt off. Like we all, we always knew that about Dwight. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know if Javale's hurt. I don't know if it's just fully whatever. But I just thought Javale was going to be able to give him, give them a productive. 12 to 14, 15 minutes a night to where he held his ground. He battled down low, grabbed boards, and it was going to be one of those, man, that was really underrated, like under the radar addition that is, isn't one of the top players on the team at all, but it was like, that was a role player upgrade that like, that helped the team. And so far, it's just not that. And hopefully he gets better and it, maybe it's rest, maybe it's injury or something, but it hasn't looked good. And I was wrong about that. Starting the season, played 14 minutes against the Suns, 13 against the Grizzlies, 12 against the Pelicans, uh, just under 12 against the Nets, didn't play against OKC for rest. And then in this game, he plays just under nine minutes. Like it's literally going down game to game to game. And I think the coaching staff is seeing the same thing that you're seeing. It's it's wild seeing him under the rim where he's as big as he is with as long of a wingspan with how bouncy we just remember JaVale McGee being, where he mm-hmm. can't get over and contest something under the basket. You're like, okay. That was the whole reason the Mavs brought him in was to contest stuff like this under the basket. And if you don't see him get up in in someone's face and contest that's close under the basket like that, what else can you trust him to do in this defense? And I think that's why the minutes keep going down. The role keeps going down. You saw 
He started the first, the beginning of the game. He started the, you know, the third quarter, but they brought in Dwight for him really quick. Um, yeah. In that third quarter. And, uh, and but Dwight was better. Dwight, to his defense though, Dwight is going to be better in this matchup. You got these Orlando Magic bigs that are all really mobile. It can move around a lot. And, and there's not as many plotting like, you know, players, which there's not a ton of plotting players in the NBA anymore. But like Dwight is going to be a little bit better because of how mobile he is. And he just knows like this defense and everything better than, and knows the other guys on the team better than what JaVale is going to be at this point. And so I'll give him a little credit there because it may, yeah, but it may he, take some time to for him to get acclimated. He's also let's I just went through his minutes. That's the only times that he's played with the with the Mavericks so far. So it, like he not getting a ton of run to get to to know these guys. And so yeah, now now we're even. We had we had really low expectations. I felt like for him as far as he's going to play fifteen minutes, you know, twelve to fifteen yeah, minutes. That's it. And be really effective in those minutes. And he's just not been effective in th- that amount of time. And his time is even dwindling from the coach's perspective. Yeah. And, and he, it, it, the big thing is he just looks slower. Yeah. Like that's the, he, he's not moving his feet. Like he can catch a lot from Luca on a, you know, on a pick and roll or something and like dunk it. Like, yeah, he can still do that. But it's like off, you know, the drop cover stuff. It's, you know, around the basket, like he, his feet just look slower. And that's why I was like, I was joking about the DeAndre Jordan stuff. Like in Dallas, it's it felt not like far his, off though. It feels like his feet are like in cement, you know, blocks or whatever. But I do want to give Josh Green a shout out. I yes. feel like it's another game that he just had a ton of energy off the bench. Um, you know, it's not going to show with points and plus minus and all of that. But he's just flying around the floor. He doesn't care. He just he brings something to this team that nobody else has. Is that like energizer Pace. bunny with insane energy and just going to dive on the floor like. Dorian has it. He has the fire, but like Josh is just a little bit younger and quicker and he's just flying everywhere. Fun. Yeah. He, he played 17 minutes in this game. Tim Ardo Jr. Played 27. Maxi played 24. Christian Wood played 23. And you saw how the starters didn't have to play as much. Dorian played 29 minutes. Bullock played 28 minutes. Uh, Dinwiddie played 31. So you, you saw that their minutes were a little bit lower because of how effective Josh Green was. And I think that game against the, um, the game against the Thunder was, was like the first game we saw him like, all right, he really came out. He was really great in that run in the fourth quarter. And now he's building on that a little bit. He made two threes tonight. Only one of them is going to be in the box score, but there was a, a one that he hit right before, a, right, right after a whistle was blown. And you're like, yeah, the shots looking pretty good from him so far. <laughs> um, Anything else from the game? I want to save Christian Wood talk for tomorrow. Uh, Keith Grant was, was honored. I was going to end, end with that too. Was honored at halftime. Uh, he'd been with the Mavericks for 42 years. Uh, he was with the Mavericks last last year, and this is the first year he's not going to be with the Mavericks. And he was the last like original employee of the Mavericks, like when they first started in 1980, which is just just a wild stat, like just a wild thing to think about. That this guy started with the team at the very beginning. He was a you know a, a locker equipment room manager, equipment manager, locker room attendant, where he was just putting away dirty laundry, and then now he. He you know, rode his way all the way up to the front office where he's in charge of the cap and doing different things with assistant general manager for like past like 20 years. So uh, Nico Harrison said, I couldn't do the job if I didn't have Keith Grant, like, like guiding the way between the Donnie Nelson era and now the, you know, the Nico Harrison era. So it was just a really good ceremony. And I thought it was really great to, uh, to honor him. He is a guy that I'm sure a lot of you don't even know who he is. Yeah. And this is something that, you know, he probably would prefer. And I mean, when you talk about staples of the Mavs, you know, no one ever lists his name. You know, it's always Mark and, it's, you know, it's Donnie before that. And now it's Nico and, you know, Don, you know, Don Carter, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, 
you hear about all these different people throughout history for the Mavs and you don't hear Keith Grant's name a lot, but what you do hear is all good things. <laughs> like yeah. you hardly hear any, any bad thing about, you know, Keith Grant at all. And he's just been a staple behind the scenes and, you know, I don't know him, you know, personally and all that, but it's like, I know people who do know him personally and they all say great things about him. And I know when he retired back, you know, I guess he left the team back over the summer, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was big news. It was big news for a lot of people with Mavs. Like, oh, man, Keith, you know, Keith's going to be stepping away. So I think back to my first, I think back to when uh, they would try to recreate the Dennis Luca. Oh, yeah. Um, with the cowboy hats and everything. And Cuban wasn't there. And they had had Keith Grant come down and take this picture to recreate the Cuban uh, Dirk Nash picture with Dennis and Luca. It was <laughs> it was great. But anyway, uh, much respect to Keith Grant. Happy retirement, and uh, he'll be missed with the Mavs. Absolutely. Tomorrow we will talk about how the Mavericks can sustain this success in the fourth quarter, how they can continue to to win these games, even though they've had leads in all these fourth quarters. How can they close games? We'll talk about that tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs, making us your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. Great show covering all the sports, interviews from us, the local experts covering our teams across the entire sports landscape of the NBA, NFL, MLB, all kinds of stuff. Go check it out. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!